Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, this is the beginning of quarterback rankings week. We have a marathon of a week coming. We're going to rank the starting quarterbacks in each Power 5 conference. Uh, Then we're going to rank the group of five and independent quarterbacks. And finally, put them all together for the top 15 overall quarterbacks in the country. But we're going to start with the ACC. Um, Ryan, these are your rankings. So commenters, please have at it. Give Ryan crap for his uh, horrible rankings, I'm sure. But we'll start with the bottom. Number 14 is Riley Leonard at Duke. I have a feeling I'm not going to get too much crap about putting yeah, probably not. 14. <laughs> probably not. I think that's a safe bet. Maybe from Riley uh, Leonard's mom or something. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, her is probably like, nah, that's fair. Yeah, Doris is a tough cookie, so we'll see. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, it's a tough situation there at Duke. Uh, and Riley Leonard's got limited game experience so far, um, and he hasn't even been that impressive in those limited kind of reps that he's got. So six yards per attempt, 60% completions actually under that. Just successful, hard to be successful. And he wasn't a big-time recruit, so he's not sure about the potential. It's just an easy person to put at 14. Sorry, Riley and Riley's mom. <laughs> Makes sense. Moving on to number 13, uh, a transfer, Grant Wells at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember a couple years back, and we're all kind of excited about Grant Wells because he, he started off pretty pretty darn good there at Marshall. Um, they were winning some games, and he was doing pretty well, but kind of tapered off since then. Uh, last year, 13 interceptions in 13 games, um, and he had nine the year before that and far less attempts. So, you know, if he could cut that number down, he'd be all right because the other, his other numbers are fine. He just throws too many picks, man. That's You just can't do that. So... If going to Virginia Tech now, it's it's a tough situation because all of a sudden you're going from Conference USA a competition jumping up in class to the ACC, and he's not going to have a super strong supporting cast. So I'm just not sure how he's going to improve much from those numbers at Marshall. So I, I just couldn't put him there. I think he's going to struggle a bit. Okay, fair enough. I do think there's a pretty big jump from 14 to 13 there. Um, but like I said, that's fair. Number 12 yeah. is a guy who... If you would have told me this time last year that he would be ranked 12th, I would have been completely shocked. It is DJ Uyunglele of Clemson. Yeah, this is nuts. I mean, I'm surprised I had him even had him this low, but God, his numbers were bad. He had more interceptions than (laughs) touchdowns, um, terrible yards per attempt at six, completed just 55% of his passes. um, And he doesn't bring enough on the ground to kind of make up for it, at least give you something else to you know, hang your hat on. He was just bad all the way around. You watch him inconsistent, uh, just didn't push the ball on the field. It was wild. It was, it was ugly to watch that, that Clemson offense. And I think he was part of the reason why. So 12th is pretty low for, for DJ after what you were considering going into next year, but I'm not trying to let kind of the history and potential, I guess, kind of skew my thinking. He was bad. All right. So if you're this low on him, then how about just put Cade Klubnik as the starter, list him, and put him eighth? I have a feeling like it's kind of almost the Kelly Bryant phase here where, I mean, even though Kelly Bryant was solid, but Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, where Lawrence was probably better, but he was just already entrenched and eventually did take over. And, and, and I, I, my prediction in previous episodes is that Klubnik will take over at some point. I just don't think he'll start game one. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people, man, you would have thought you would have had him 
12th in the nation going into the year, much less 12th in the ACC. Yeah. Just, oh, no. At worst, be- honestly. Be- yeah, better than that. Better than yeah. that. Good. It's, yeah, exactly. good point. All right, moving on to number 11, we've got another transfer, Garrett Schrader of Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, although he was there last year uh, at Syracuse. And is he a limited passer? Yes, of course he is. But, you know, he, he only had four interceptions last year. They didn't throw it all that much, but he's not throwing picks when he does. Um, but, of course, Syracuse has got to play to his strengths, which is running. Uh, he's a really good runner, tough runner. Um, and he's pretty effective when uh, when he's given the chance. Pair him up with um, Sean Tucker, good running back for Syracuse. That's a that's a pretty good combo that they have. It's pretty you know feeling pretty good about his performance. Um, but Schrader ran for about 800 yards and had 14 touchdowns on the ground. So he's more, he's got at least he's got something to go to. All right, number ten, we have a guy who's going to try to save Jeff Collins' job. Uh, this yeah, might be his yeah. last chance. Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech. Yeah, he's been doing it. He's, the hype's kind of wearing out on Jeff Sims. I mean, coming in as a true freshman, a good recruit, he was kind of supposed to be the savior for Jeff Collins, kind of build a build a, a team around him. It's just been an unfortunate situation for him. I, I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback, um, but he just doesn't have the pieces to work with. And, you know, when I think about him, it's like he did improve. So, like, that's why I have him at 10th year. It's not like he's. Uh, dead last or anything he, he improved from his fr- fr- first year to his second year his completion percentage went up about five percent his yards per pass went up about a half yard and he threw six less interceptions so there's definitely some improvement but you know it's the problem is just his team hasn't really improved so it's just hard for him to really make all those great strides when i just don't think his team's getting all that much better he lost his best running back so something to lean on there's gone it's just i don't foresee him having great numbers which is too bad because I'd like to see him get a chance somewhere else. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the the Akron transfer gets some run at some point. Who what was his name again? I forget, but he had a really good end to the season yeah. at Akron. You're right, he did. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got some PT. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a great team, so usually that leads to more than one quarterback playing. Yeah, this dates me, but all of a sudden when you said Akron quarterback, all of a sudden thought Charlie Fry. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's Charlie Fry. Look, yeah. <laughs> no, Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson. Ah, Gibson, there, there it is. Uh, yeah, losing Gibbs isn't ideal. All right, number nine, Keaton Slovis at Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, this is an, an interesting one here. A transfer from USC coming in. He's kind of the, speaking Michael's language here, he's kind of the quarterback version of Lincoln Riley. He got worse every <laughs> single year, you know. <laughs> so he was he got great as a he was great as a freshman, pretty solid as a sophomore, and then kind of averaged his last year. So, you know, now the, it, there's things that happen for that injuries. Of course, he had some injuries that certainly played a role, and maybe the supporting cast wasn't as good as it had been, but he did have some good guys to throw to even last year, Drake London, uh, first round pick in the NFL. So, you know, I mean, anyway, now he goes to Pitt who Pitt did lose their office coordinator, Mark Whipple going to Nebraska, lost by far their best weapon, Jordan Addison joining USC, former new Slovis's former school. So I don't know. It just, it seems like a tough situation for him, but Pitt does have a decent amount of production other than Jordan Addison coming back. So, I don't expect Slovis to recapture like his first year glory, but maybe the second year glory where he'll, he'll do, he'll do solid. Okay. Uh, number eight on your list is a former top 100 recruit, Drake May yeah. of North Carolina. 
Yeah, I think that's the pedigree is partially why I have him eighth in a in a pretty strong conference. I think overall for quarterbacks, um, just because Sam Howell's gone doesn't mean you know this team won't be able to have a strong passing game. I think it could be maybe even better than last year. Plenty of talent comes back around May, including Josh Downs, that wide receiver who had over thirteen hundred yards and eight touchdowns. So one of the best receivers there is in the country, and their second leading receiver, Antoine Green, is also back. They have a couple of solid tight ends. You know, as long as those guys don't get hurt, they'll be fine. Because after that, they, they're they really, really lacking depth, which is even a concern just right now. But so if those guys stay healthy, I think they're going to put up some good numbers. And, you know, Drake May's got a lot of potential. Uh, so I, th- I think it's going to I think he's going to do pretty well. Moving on to Florida State's Jordan Travis at number seven. Yeah, uh, overall, he had a solid year last year, 15 touchdowns, six picks. Uh, plus he added 500 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground, which is obviously a, a big help, you know? So to me, the encouraging thing was just his improvement that he made from his, uh, 2020 to 2021. Uh, and if he can take, you know, another step forward with all the supporting cast that he has coming back around him, which I expect he will, he's going to, he's going to put up even better numbers. You know, maybe these pushes Florida state to a kind of a comeback year here, but like the trajectory got a lot better. I think he can get improved even more going into this year. All right, number six, you have Phil Dracovic of Boston College. Yeah, this one, he was a somewhat tough one to rank just because of kind of last year didn't play a full a full season. Um, but I'm kind of looking back more towards, you know, his first year when he was BC's, BC's guy um, in 2020, and he had a pretty darn good year. Um, and he, even his numbers last year, were they were solid, even though he only played like half the year. Um, so he has 24 touchdowns compared to nine picks in his career there at BC and his attempts are a little yards per attempt is a little over eight. Um, but the major thing for him you see is when he got injured and Dennis Grizzell came in just a massive drop off. I mean, it was like, Whoa, Dracovic must be pretty good because this team is way different without him. So to me that it was like, it was like full three yards per pass less going from Dracovic to, to Grizzell. That's just an, an insane amount. So Dracovic must be pretty good. And I think he is the difference and kind of is the kind of the indicator of like, well, BC's really relies on this guy. So yeah, I think he's deserves of this number six spot here. Yeah. I think he's still got Zay flowers to throw to also number five, yeah. Brennan Armstrong of Virginia. All right. Here is where we get <laughs> to the, the toughies. Cause we talked about this before and uh, before the podcast, but like this top five is you could put them any top top any way you want. Number one, number three, number five. I wouldn't have any production. You could put Brendan Armstrong number one and I'd be like, yeah, I, I can see you make that argument. I just had mm-hmm. to put him at five because I had to put somebody there. Um, and I th- mainly put him there just because of the situation that he's in right now. Um, he had a great year last year, put up a ton of passing yards, fourth in the nation. Um, but Virginia is 123rd in returning production this year, so I'm just not sure of his supporting cast, if it's going to be that strong. And, of course, the new system under new head coach Tony Elliott coming in from Clemson. I think there's just at least a couple excuses I have that I can actually drop him at least a little bit here and these put him fifth. He's good, but there's some maybe some things that will hold him back. Yeah, his his talent will be tested next year where he has to. Yes. I mean, he kind of carried them last year with a, a lot of, you know, passing Even yards, more of course, so they, this coming year. Yeah, without that O-line in front of them. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, number four, you have Tyler Van Dyke of Miami. 
yeah, great first year here. Uh, starting a lot of the year, throwing 25 touchdowns to just six picks, um, over nine yards per attempt, and he led Miami to a six and three record in the games that he was the main player, <laughs> the main quarterback. He, he played like a snapper or something against Bama, so not counting that one. <laughs> Don't give him that loss. Anyways, but yeah, I'm not going to give him that loss. Six and three sounds better. Um, but his QB rating was it was it was actually better than the guys that I have in front of him. So you could make the argument again to put him at number one and. You know, with a with some, some improved supporting cast, but I don't. Know, I guess I just want to see a little bit more from him here. I mean, that was you know a nice first season there, but it wasn't a full season. Um, so, and and it is a new system. So I just want to make sure that he's going to be you know fully ready to go. But you could put him number one, and I'd have no problem with it. He should have a good year. The only thing I worry a little bit about with him, like I'm high on him too. I'd probably have him right around here, but is. Um, is if guys will step up in the receiving court because he lost you know a couple yeah. of his big targets there. They've got talent, but there's no like veteran experienced yeah. receivers to go to. No yep. doubt, a lot of new there. Number three, Devin Leary, NC State. Well, uh, he had a, such a good year last year. In just 12 games, he he threw for nearly 3,500 yards, had 35 touchdowns, so nearly three a game, and just had five picks. So. Uh, led NC State to a nine and three season, and it could have been better. They had two very very close losses against Miami and Wake Forest, so they were knocking on the door of being in the ACC title game and maybe going to a New Year's Six bowl. So Devin Leary was the catalyst. I mean, he, he's clearly the guy that makes that team run there. And if you kind of look the year before, he got injured, which kind of really hurt them a little bit. But man, he came back and had a great year this past year. So, and he returns a lot of production around him. So he, I see no reason why you have another wouldn't have another great year all right number two is a guy i've always been high on malik cunningham yeah. at louisville yeah i've been uh, i've been with him since the mikhail days so and the Malik days before well, that those were that was like three weeks ago so <laughs> right. you know <laughs> keep switching but no it, you have been high on him and he's he's been great uh underrated nationally for how for how good he's been um and his rushing stats are re- obviously the reason why I mean, he's he's effective as a passer, but I mean, he's a great runner as well. Now he rushed for over a thousand yards last year and had twenty touchdowns on the ground. I mean, that's just that's great numbers for a good running back. You know, I mean, it's just crazy what he's done with it. So, and, and through the year, he's been good. He was nineteen touchdowns to just six picks, um, sixty-two touchdowns for his career, twenty-four pick or sorry, sixty-two touchdowns, twenty-four picks for his career. Um, which actually, if you look at those numbers, it's the exact same as Sean Clifford over at Penn State, but Sean Clifford oh. does not have the electrifying <laughs> yeah. feet that no. he does, and the yards per attempt isn't nearly as much. So Cunningham's got a huge advantage in both categories, really. Um, but, you know, I look at Louisville and I think, okay, how would they be with just an average quarterback? Uh, I just think they would have been really, really bad the last couple of years. I think he is that offense, and without him, they're in deep, deep doo-doo. But I think they'll be, he'll have another good year because he's good. All right, and number yeah. one, <laughs> he's good. It's great good analysis. <laughs> number one, yeah. Sam Hartman of Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, I had to put somebody number one. It was really hard to pick. I almost went Cunningham. I, I'm almost regretting it, not doing it right now. But, hey, Sam Hartman <laughs> led Wake Forest to the ACC title game, um, despite not having a very good defense at all. Uh, and just also despite not having much of a running game to, to really work with, he threw for over 4,000 yards at 50 total touchdowns. Um, and he showed 
real dual threat ability actually this year. He ran for nearly 300 or sorry, nearly 400 yards and had 11 rushing touchdowns. So um, he had a great year and it's going to be his fifth year here at Wake already. Um, And he he keeps getting better and better. And he's got a lot of pieces back. They're going to have another pretty potent offense. So I think he's going to put up huge numbers again in 2022. I see no reason why not. All right, let's uh, get to the full list here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, let us know your thoughts in the in the comments below on Ryan's list. Any disagreements um, or agreements, I guess, but we prefer the disagreements, especially when it's Ryan's list. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think my takeaway is you nailed it with the one through five. Like I've never seen a top five like this where you where it's just I really would have almost no problem with any order. Like you just. Yeah, I don't know. Usually we kind of say that, and it's like, well, maybe the fifth guy. Eh. It's like, no, I just, I, I'm glad I didn't have to make these rankings because uh, that was that was hard. And but for me, I think DJU, I would have him a little bit higher. I mean, it's defensible because it really is remarkable how bad the stats were last year and how bad he looked <laughs> right? too. Like it's not, I know, it's not just I like know. your run of the mill bad year. Like it was extremely, extremely bad. But yeah. and on a know, good we team, we did see that. But and yeah, yeah, though. I guess not the you know not surrounding help wasn't wasn't great last year, but um, but yeah, I, I think I'd put him ahead of like Schrader and maybe Jeff Sims just on the the potential and just the flashes that he showed us uh, in twenty twenty. Yeah, those yep. two games just, and just it's a f- woof or a distant memory. And just in my to, head now. yeah, and just to add to that one to five comment is I think it yeah within the ACC it's it's very good, but. Across the country, I think it might be the best one through five in almost in any conference. It's just really deep. I mean, when you look, when you have Keaton Slovis at number nine, that really kind of shows how how deep and how good um, this this conference is at quarterback. Yeah, I think it's yeah, at, at it's worst deep. second in as far as the the conferences. I think they're in the discussion for number one. We'll get to later this week who who we think is number one, but uh, ACC is, yeah. you know, in the discussion. But that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Give the video a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube uh, and subscribe if you like college football. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Big 12 quarterback rankings. Talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.